tired. So tired. Overtired. Hey, everybody. This is Brett Herbstra. I've been up since 2 a.m. Um, just working to make overtired as tired as possible. <laughs> I am here, as always, with Christina Warren. Jeff Severns Gunsel has the week off. Christina, this is going to be a weird episode. It is going to be a weird episode, but I have to say, I'm super excited for Jeff to be on um, next episode because you and Jeff both will have homework you will have to do, which is to listen to Taylor Swift's Midnights. But you've been up since 2 a.m. for a reason. I've I went to bed late because Taylor Swift's new album about the things that keep her up at night. That's like literally <laughs> like what what the what the album kind of is about. Uh, you felt rocked. obligated. You felt like maybe you should stay up all night and listen to the things that keep Taylor up at night. Right. But also, I mean, I, I did go to bed at like 2 a.m., but like um, 2 or 3. But um, the thing is, is that this is like the overtired Taylor album. And since we are a Taylor Swift podcast, <laughs> it does almost feel fitting that it is just like you and I like – for this, like I, like I said, I can't wait for Jeff to join us for like a full, like deep dive, and um, and and, and get into it all. Especially since he's even less of a fan than you are. But um, we are a Taylor Swift podcast, and it's I a just, Taylor wanna, Swift pop album. I, I want to add some clarity here. Um, uh, we have moved away from being a Taylor Swift podcast because uh, we have become a mental health podcast. And then it, I believe in the tagline, it says, and Taylor Swift for some fucking reason. Um, so, okay. yes, she's still going to come up, but I refuse to call it the Taylor Swift podcast anymore. All the right. Joke, the joke got old for me. Well, that's fine. But but but, but we are a pop culture. I mean, we are absolutely a pop culture podcast. So we are. Yeah. But also we have to go back to the old tagline, at least for one week, because she released an album, Brett, about shit that keeps her up at night. All right, that'll be the, the the episode will be titled something to do with Taylor Swift. We will make a huge week long Taylor Swift extravaganza next week. Excellent, excellent. But it's yeah. it's so 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 you're you're tired for real reasons. Um, I'm tired, and you're and you're grouchy, and um, I'm a. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I might be. Um, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and We're not uh, a goddamn Taylor Swift podcast. <laughs> God damn it! I'm tired of this joke. It's been eight you years, fucking Christina. Kids. I'm fucking tired of this joke, Christina. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, um, how are you doing? I am, like I said, up since two. I might. I'm like mania. I might be starting a little manic episode. Um, should we, can we segue mental health no, corner let's just, here? I was going to say, let's just go into the mental health um, corner. So I think I talked last week. If I didn't, I was just talking to my therapist and then didn't talk about it here. But um, I'm really curious as to whether what I have considered stable in the past with yeah. my bipolar, uh, whether it's actually been just like low-grade depression. Uh, because like I get so bored and unmotivated when I am what I've always called stable. Um, and I like dream about the mania when I'm in those states. And I've begun to realize through talking to my therapist and going to a talk with Ellen Forney that maybe I don't know what stable is and maybe there is a stable I can find where I can still be creative and productive and 
like a fucking normal person with some energy. And, um, so I bought, I bought Ellen Forney's two books, um, marbles, which is kind of her, like she's a, she's a graphic artist, uh, a comic. Um, and she, not a, not a comedian, but she, she draws comics. Right. Um, she's a, yeah, she's a graphic novelist, I guess. Yeah, there you go. And Marbles is her kind of like story of her bipolar uh, with a little bit of advice woven into it. But then as a result of the feedback to Marbles, she wrote a book called Rock Steady, which is nothing but like how she stays stable, like what's important. And, and like I'm... So I started reading Rocksteady. I haven't gotten Marbles yet, but I feel like Rocksteady is the more useful one. And I'm really hoping to find the secret. Like I've been up since two. I'm not positive. I'm manic, but um, I have been coding a lot. And what I'm realizing is if I knew what to do when, when a manic episode starts to prevent it from going full swing, and I could just get that like one morning of super productive coding and then fucking like chill and sleep the next night um that would be kind of an ideal situation for me i don't need 10 days of hypomania i just need that one first morning um but anyway that's that's where i'm at i'm i'll link ellen forney in the show notes for anyone who's curious uh the books are really good seeing her talk was just inspiring i i learned a lot that's awesome did you get to talk to her at all um, I got into the Q and A. I was doing it over Zoom. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, but I got to I got to drop some questions into the Q and A and interact with her a little bit. Um, nice. Didn't didn't get to meet her personally though. Nice. Oh, so she lives in Seattle. Actually, that's cool. Um, as a visual artist, she created two permanent large scale porcelain enamel murals for Sound Transit's Capitol Hill Light Rail Station in Seattle. I live in Capitol Hill. That's cool. Um. No, I'm glad you got to see her talk. Yeah, you mentioned last week a little bit of this about how like you thought that maybe what you'd always classified as you always thought you had bipolar two. Yeah. And yeah. And there's some other I haven't I still haven't found the name of it, but some other some something with the word cycle in it. Right. Uh, that, well it's like rapid cycling, is that what it is? Well, that's type two. That's type two, okay. Um, uh, there's like there's another type that never hits like full on depression, like I don't get like suicidally depressed. Um, I just get unmotivated and, and lackluster and, and the idea that maybe there's a word for going between hypomania and, and uh, lackluster minor depression, low grade depression, uh, right. Rapidly and never finding stable in between. Like that's, that seems like me. Yeah, I will. No. I will finish my research on that and come back. And if I decide it's a fit for me, um, I'll talk to therapist slash psychiatrist about it. And if that's the case, I will come back and make a definitive declaration and actually remember the word for what it is. <sighs> yeah, no, but I mean, I think that that's that's definitely like interesting to to think about when we were talking about that last week about you like figuring that out, it would be good to know because maybe that would change how you could be treated and maybe you could find mm-hmm. a better middle ground between the two. Right. Yeah. Um, because, but, but I will say like, at least um, the, uh, at least like you don't have the suicidal depression because yeah. 
that would be if you had if you were going like okay if you were like cycling between those states between like the suicidal depression and the mania that i i'm gonna be honest with you i i don't know if that would be yeah that was my uncle it wasn't cool no it wasn't cool no like i don't want to like no i'm not gonna say what i'm actually thinking because that's too dark but um <laughs> my my worst depression means that i think that everyone's mad at me or or everyone's laughing at me um and and i get very anxious and concerned but not like harm myself or or do right. anything like that right which which to be clear that's still like not at all like a, a good thing but like <laughs> at all like that's 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 in no way like i, I don't want you to, like to discount that um my worst depression um it, i mean it, it's rarely gone into like self-harm things because a i don't find anything therapeutic about that and b the one time i did like overdose on pills i immediately like thought better but i was like you fucking idiot you're probably just gonna make yourself brain dead and that's gonna be worse so i had to call 911 and then go get my stomach pumped and all that shit and it was a whole pain in the ass and then like some fucking like um some bitch who had like masters in social work or some shit came to like talk to me. And I'm like, my mom has more qualifications than you get the <laughs> fuck away from me. I have an actual psychiatrist. I was such a bitch, but I was see also this, like, I was also like 20 years old. Can you see this brand on my arm? I can. That was the result of one of my early in my twenties uh, after getting clean off of drugs, which make it really hard to tell, you know, what oh, yeah. bipolar is like. Um, and also apparently could have caused bipolar. Yeah, um, I've heard that. I've heard that, that that can, like, trigger something. Well, I don't know if it's so much that it causes it. Like, maybe it could change something in your brain or if it, like, could just be the preceding fa- the precipitating factor that, like, wakes it up. I don't know. I've heard but both I didn't. I didn't know how to get myself. I didn't. I wasn't diagnosed bipolar yet. All I knew is that I had gotten clean off of heroin and I was uh, living at home and I didn't have a job and... I was dating a crazy, crazy girl, um, and and nothing seemed to be going quite right, and I didn't know what to do, and I like branded myself just to, just so the searing pain would like snap me out of it, and it worked for like a day. I was like, I felt normal, uh, but that's the only self harm I've ever really partaken in. Yeah, yeah. So, which which I get. I'm glad at least that. A, it wasn't continued to be that like it did at least snap you out of it. Yeah, I had one. And again, like, I don't want to call it a suicide attempt because again, I thought better of it immediately after it happened. And I was like, again, I was like, you didn't, you didn't do this right. These drugs are literally just going to maybe put you into like a vegetative state and that would be worse or do something mm-hmm. with like impairmentally. So, you know, it was okay. Um, and, and that was also what we kind of had to tell the hospital so that I wouldn't be sent on a fifty one fifty hold, yeah. which everybody agreed. They were like, don't do that. Um, but I've definitely had like moments where I wanted, I've been deeply suicidal. I just haven't like actually done the self-harm thing, but uh, yeah, my worst depression has been like literally can't get out of bed and like wanting to die all the time. And, Oof. and that I think like if, I, if it was a cycle between that and mania that's what I'm saying. Like that, that would be, yeah. I think an untenable situation to be completely For honest. Sure. Like, I don't for know. Sure. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I don't even know what, it, I wouldn't have any advice for that. I wouldn't have any professional. I mean, I'm not yeah. when talented, I, when but I, I don't even know how to do. 
when I first started seeing my therapist, um, he was very concerned about how I handled depression. Um, and, and it wasn't until we had talked a couple of times that he realized that my version of bipolar depression uh, was not as deep as some of the people he had worked with before. Right. Uh, that right. Is there such a thing as hypodepression? Probably. 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 Yeah, probably where you could go into like a major depression and like a major bout of media one after the other. And that would, I would think, would be really concerning. So I'm glad you don't have that because we, we I mean, realistically, we wouldn't be able to do a podcast. Like you wouldn't be able to function. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it would be, um, it would be terrible. Podcasts so. only when Brett is manic and then everything goes off the rails. Right. But also, yeah, I mean, God, I can't even imagine. Anyway, if I was having, if I was having the kind of mania that I saw my uncle have, um, I also wouldn't be podcasting. No, like 100%. he was, yeah, he was not someone who would sit down and have a sane conversation. He would call you at two in the morning, right, and tell you all about how he was going to buy like a new semi yes. trailer, mm-hmm. at, like a, a tr- uh, truck, and it's going to be bright silver, and he was going to drive it all over the country, and he was going to be a traveling um, chaplain, and. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a person I was in a relationship with um, in college, that that was the situation. Yeah. It was similar to that. And uh, and um, Ted Turner, um, who's famously bipolar, used to call my father at two o'clock in the morning to really? talk about things like that. Yeah. Would just I, uh... randomly call him. And, uh, and my dad finally got to the point where my dad was like, I can't keep taking these calls from Ted when he's not no medicated. <laughs> yeah. My, my mania results in coding and... My depression results in watching TV, and it's pretty, pretty mild swings. Uh, both affect my productivity, but of course, and and both affect like your personality and your and your relationships and and other things. Um, but I'm just glad that neither of them are swung in either direction so much that like, and that's honestly, but that's probably why it's difficult to diagnose. It's probably why you've been called type two, even though these cycles happen really quickly. Um, it might be this this other thing they don't know because they're like, well, I guess that's what this is just because yeah. neither of the swings are, are so bad. And also it, for some people, like we never talked about this. Um, and I know that we should be getting to my mental health corner, but frankly, I don't yeah, have that right. much to add, <laughs> but, but I did want to ask you like how, I don't know if we ever talked about how you were diagnosed with, with bipolar. Like you, you mentioned that, that it, the, the drug, coming off the drugs might've precipitated it. Was it the incident where, where you branded yourself? Was that the thing that maybe got you to a hospital or or how were you diagnosed? Um, No, that didn't get me to a hospital. Um, I went to the hospital after um, basically being depressed. Um, Like I wanted to get off my ass and get a job and uh, I wanted to get out of my parents' home and uh, I just didn't feel like it was working. So I, I signed up. My mom, I think, probably um, got me an appointment with a psychiatrist. And I just kind of explained what was happening. And he was like, oh, yeah, you're bipolar. Um, and there were clear signs back before I was on heroin, but mm-hmm. definitely after I had started drug use. So that absolutely right. could have been a contributing factor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think my mom got me in there, um, and I started immediately on Seroquel, and 
Oh, there was some other drug that it turned out my doctor was getting like major kickbacks for prescribing. Yeah, I had that incident. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't an ideal drug. Um I I can't remember the whole story. I just remember finding out that, oh yeah, he literally prescribed that to every one of his patients with yeah. any any similar symptoms, um, regardless of their specific needs. Right. And, yeah, that, w- that was actually how I was incorrectly diagnosed as being bipolar. Yeah. I think I've told you that story. I probably told this on the podcast. Someone, someone wanted the kickback from the diagnosis? No, actually what happened was she was mad that I called her out on the fact that she was getting a kickback. <laughs> and she thought that my rapid thought and speaking quickly and just ability to just like fucking zone in and call her out because much like Taylor Swift, I do have the ability to zero in and I'm not proud of this um, and it's not a good thing. Um, and and it's I, I've gotten a lot better with it, but I can usually pick out people's weaknesses pretty quickly and I can say something that could just like level you, right? Like, and um, I was, she, she put me on Wellbutrin because Wellbutrin was something she was yeah. getting kickbacks from. Mm. And it had helped at first. It helped my depression a lot at first. And then it didn't. And then like, I was, I was in an, I was in the situation where I was both depressed and incredibly ADHD. And then I was stressed out. Cause I was like, look, I'm 15. Like I actually have to care about my grades and shit. Like I, I have to, you know, be able to, to focus and do stuff. And this was, I think this before I, this was actually, uh, this was shortly before I was I was put on um, Dexedrine for the first time, but um, I didn't have an official ADHD diagnosis then, although it was obvious now that I clearly was. But also the depression, like the Wellbutrin, it worked great for six weeks and then it just stopped working. And then I was not only like incredibly depressed, but ADHD and all these things were happening. And she kept insisting, no, 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 you have to be on this. You have to be on this. And I'm like, it's not working. And then she was also being weird about some other stuff like, wanting to talk to me about my sex life and stuff that was like not at all appropriate. We didn't have that kind of relationship. And my dad was potentially going to see her. And I think she was also going to, she was trying to shove Wolpeutrin down his throat and it clicked for me. I was like, you're getting fucking paybacks, like, like kickbacks from the pharmaceutical companies, aren't you? And she, she tried to kind of hedge off. I was like, no, you are. I was like, and that's the only reason you say this. You don't actually give a shit about me. You don't care about anything else. I know what this is. I know what you're doing. You're a fraud, whatever. And then she was like, well, you're bipolar <laughs> and put me on lithium and I'm not bipolar. Ouch. No. And, and li- lithium sucks no matter what. It does. No, I was having shakes. It was shitty. It was like one. And then that, honestly, that then kicked off one of the worst major depressive episodes of my life where mm-hmm. because of all that, like that, like that was the first time I got to like the truly debilitating state. Um and um, and then it it took me finding like some doctors. Like went to one doctor who only wanted to do cognitive behavioral therapy, and my mom was like, "Look, I understand that this is useful, but she can't get out of bed. We need something." And he was like, not willing to give me any medication at all, really, and uh, because he was only about wanting to to do the the the, the CBT at first. And then we finally found Dr. Baker, who um, was just like appalled with everything that had happened. And I was able to find. Isn't it nice when you find a doctor that is as frustrated with your history as you are? Yes, it is. Which is one of the reasons why, like, I still see my doctor, even though it's inconvenient and expensive, because I don't want to go. I'm like, 
and he's going to retire soon. And I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like this would be a perfect segue into our ZocDoc sponsorship. But first I want to hear how you're doing. Yeah, I'm doing okay. I, um, I, um, I'm still having those digestive issues, uh, with, uh, I think from looking it up online, it, it, it seems like I, I, it's some sort of reflux thing, but all the symptoms I have, it seems like I might have a hiatal hernia. The issue is, um, I don't have any of the weight problems that are almost exclusively associated with that stuff, but the symptoms are like dead on. Like if I have anything that has alcohol, if I have anything that has, um, even the, the least amount of like acid, like even tomato sauce or whatnot, like I will wind up throwing up stomach acid. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, it it does. And it's like not great because I'm, I'm limited in terms of what things I can find myself to eat. I need to go to a gastroenterologist. The reality is I'm too fucking busy. I have too Mm. much work to do. I can't do it. So where my mental health is, is that I'm having like, and some of this also can be a manifestation of anxiety and, um, and stress, but I'm literally at the point where I am like too, I've got too much shit to do that I cannot take care of my like actual health. So have you explained this to the people you work with? I have look, they'd be like, cause it seems like, it seems like the kind of thing that they would be like, no, your health comes first. We'll take this off your plate. You get this figured out. That just seems. <laughs> well, yes and crazy? No. Well, uh, you're not crazy, but it's also, I mean, look, if I, there's also part of it where like, if I tell them that, then I don't want to like lose the opportunities and the things that I'm going to do. Like I really want to host GitHub universe and we're yeah. prepared for that. But your fucking health. Yeah. But like my health, I can deal with, like I can deal with it after the fact. You're throwing up stomach acid on the regular. This isn't the year. You can't continue like this. You gotta, I, you gotta, you gotta pause. I can continue for a couple figured of, out. I can continue for a couple of weeks. I can okay. continue for a couple of weeks. So there's a I'm not light at go the end of the that. tunnel. Yes, okay. yes. As soon as as soon as universe is over, I will I will get it taken care of. I will continue oh, for a couple man. of weeks. In retrospect, I should not have agreed to also do Microsoft Ignite, which was so close to universe. That was too much. Um, I thought that would that be was too much, to- even if you weren't throwing up stomach acid. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> that's uh, a lot. Of, that's a lot of being on a whole in a row. It's a lot of being on and, and it was uh, a lot of, um, meetings and stuff around it and juggling the two and, um, um, yeah, uh, they're too close together. Um, I, I, I underestimated, like, I overestimated my ability to do both. Cause I was like, oh, well I've done so many of these hosting things. They're doing two of them. They're a month apart. That's Can fine. Do them in my sleep. Right. Because I, I, there was a time when I was doing a lot of these things, I think even like probably in some cases a month apart. Um, cause I think that I did, uh, build one year and then we had something, it was definitely, it was within the same period of time later, but in that case it was, it was, what was that? Was that inspire? Or it was tech. I don't remember what it was, but it was one of those types of events. And, um, and so I just kind of, was like, Oh yeah, I can totally do this. What I didn't anticipate was, um, just the level of involvement I would need for every facet of it, which makes sense. I just underestimated my ability to do it, and I should have said no. Um, but uh, o- overestimated your ability. 
Yes, sorry. I overestimated the ability. <laughs> I un- I underestimated the amount of work it would be and I overestimated I, my I underestimate I underestimate your ability all the time and then you you blow me away with what you can fucking accomplish <laughs> and and handle um in a day. Uh but you overestimated your abilities. So. 100%. And 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 you I am always blown away by like what you do whether you're manic or not. Like you're one of the most creative and incisive and productive and talented people uh-huh. I've ever met. But Thank you. But uh, yeah, so so no, but my mental health is is okay. Um, I've just I've been busy. I was in San Francisco this week um, for a couple of days doing some prep stuff um, and and uh, for for Universe, which uh, which we'll talk about after our sponsor break, but um, because it's going to be good. But um, I was um, I was there, Seattle right now. The weather and this does impact my mental health, which is why I'm mentioning it. We've had like god awful levels of smoke like um uh, like the air quality in some areas it i was out of town but and and it wasn't this bad where i was like but yesterday where i live it was 100 points higher than beijing the air quality oh, was like 100 points worse and, and beijing is bad so it was very yeah. very bad like 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 you you go outside you're wearing an n95 mask and you can still taste like the air right yeah, yeah. Um, but somebody who, um, uh, I, I uh, was talking to on Twitter, wherever they are in Washington state, it was like 450, which to, to put that in perspective is again, that's like, that's like more than double as bad as Beijing, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe cl- someone, closer to, sorry, go on. Someone on my feed posted a picture. I'm pretty sure it was from northern california or maybe farther up the coast and they said that the air quality index was 500 um and like it made for some good pictures because it looked like a nice foggy morning all right that's the thing no it looks like it looks like fog when i landed in the airport on um wednesday night like you know, it looked like fog and it wasn't, it was smoke. And then there was this haze when I was, so the way that the um, Seattle airport works is that if you want to get like an Uber or something, they have like this underground parking lot. And of course it's a little bit open, but, but not that much, right. You know, because cars can drive in, but it's underground. And so you get underground and there's this haze of just smoke that's been caught up underground. Right. And it's getting your eyes and everything. The whole thing is just terrible. But you know, the guy that, um, that I was saying on Twitter, he's at his house. He was like, even indoors, it was feeling like it was 450. He was like, it's just, you know, untenable Uh because at that point, even if you have like a bunch of Dyson's and air filters and stuff like you're Mm -hmm. nothing's, nothing's working. I don't even know what the solution there is. Like my solution when it gets hot here, because we don't have central air because fucking cheap ass building people, electric building my ass. Anyway, they, um, like my solution there is just to run a hotel room. But in a case like this, I don't even know. Like, it, would you do you drive someplace? Like, what, yeah. what what do you do? Like, I I I, I don't know. But um, come, come to Minnesota. That, yeah, nothing's sure. on fire here. As much as I as much as I love the idea of living in California, uh, if I could afford it, um, the the earthquakes and the fires and and it, you know the occasional flooding, we just don't see that here in the midwest and we just i don't know man you have really bad winters makes me want to stay (laughs) no i was gonna say you have really really bad winters but that's a 
about it, right? Like, yeah, you don't have you the just, other things. You can just make a fire and get cozy. It's not not the end of the world. Like, I, I don't know. Natural yeah. disasters are. Right, that's true. I think I think that a lot of people though would just have a hard time. Like, I I grew up, you know, I lived in New York for a long time, and New York winters can be brutal, Cold, but yeah. but they're but they're not like twenty below where that can be the case. You know, in in um. In like Minnesota, 20 below. What is this? The Bahamas? We get 50 below. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like uh, my 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 dad, um, he grew up all over the place, but he like a lot of his formative years he spent in um, North Dakota. And um, that was always like his favorite. I think like that also was probably like, one of the only stable periods of kind of his childhood. And so I think he relates to that for a lot of reasons. But this is uh, but but he always like you know, whenever it would get cold, whenever it would snow in Georgia, like he's like the most excited person in the world because, and it's, it's not even close to like anything that you would experience, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I have nieces in Georgia and they get just ecstatic with like one to three inches of snow. And if they come to Minnesota to visit and it hasn't snowed, they get super bummed. Like yeah. their ideal vacation is to come to Minnesota and have at least a foot of snow on the ground and they will make snowmen all yeah. day. No, because it's amazing when you're not, when you have no concept of it, when it's like an occasional thing, like it really is like a nice treat. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, look, I, 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 I rag on the, the Midwest a lot just because I don't know why, honestly. Um, oh, I, it's I, easy to do. Right. It's, it is. It's lazy. It, I mean. But- in but comparison to the East Coast and the West Coast, the Midwest is is boring. It's uh, passive aggressive. It's cold. <laughs> there, it's not a hub of any kind of tech or or commerce. I mean, Minneapolis is home to what Target and and we have Best Buy, like crazy supercomputers, Best Buy. But we don't have any like Best Buy's in Eden, so I don't even know like how far away that is from Minneapolis. But I know it's in Minnesota. But yeah, I mean, I mean headquarters. Like Target is headquartered in Minneapolis. No, I know, and I'm talking about Best Buy's is like headquartered. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I I remember this from from my years of indoctrination uh, working there. But 90% of the companies you care about are in California or New York. Mm-hmm. And there's just then the flyover states. But I got to say, I'm happy here. And, For sure. I'm glad you are. It's so cheap to live here. Yeah. We'll see. This is this is the one problem. The one part of the Midwest that I could see myself living in, the only part, would be Chicago. I could Chicago's all right. My mom has watched enough Fox News that she is convinced that Chicago is just a crime-ridden hellhole now. Right. Like an anarchist burnt-out city. Um, no, it's but amazing. I, it's I amazing. It. She's also convinced that California is like all Satanists and and it's like the most evil state. Um My- yeah. Fox News has done a number on her. Yeah, my my um my shrink is deeply concerned about me living in Seattle because of all the Fox News stuff he saw about <laughs> my neighborhood, actually. And the thing is, is that I was like, before the shootings and some of the other, like before the like anarchists, like like uh the the, the fucking like Occupy Wall Street, like like and fucking the, assholes, the kind autonomous of took zone. Over. Well, right. Well, well, at first that was okay, and then when the fucking Occupy Wall Street like fuckers 
took over and and made it all about their bullshit. Yeah, then I was kind of like, actually, yeah, this isn't great. Um, so so he's concerned, and it, but he doesn't need to be as concerned as he is. But he's often frequently concerned. He's like, "Are you sure you're safe?" And I'm like, "You never cared when I was in New York, right?" Like, which is the hilarious thing. Um, and to be clear. I actually did feel safer in New York than I do in my own neighborhood sometimes. I, really? I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. More people, more eyes. There's a certain sense, like not to say there aren't parts of New York where you wouldn't feel deeply unsafe, but I think for yeah, the most no, that's part. That's true. Like I, like there were definitely moments in New York where I felt um, like I was about to die. Like, yeah. it, like death was imminent, but right. for the most part, there's always someone you can reach out to for exactly. a hand. There, there, there's um, a comfort in that. There's, there, there's yeah. a comfort in that. And, and I think that, that that's the thing where like, because Seattle, even though the neighborhood I live in is starting to pick back up again, especially during the pandemic, there were some times when literally the only people that were out were people that like are, you know, uh, struggle with like mental health issues mm-hmm. and, 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 and drugs and tend to be violent, right? Like that, because you walk down the street and see a lot of people uh, that appear to be having like a conversation on their Bluetooth phone, uh, their Bluetooth headset, and then you realize they don't yes. have a headset and they're yes. just conversing yes. with uh, that. That freaks me out. Like, I see that even in the Midwest. Like, yeah. you walk through Minneapolis, you're going to see that. Um, but I, I remember uh, New York, my times in uh, some of the... Uh, uh, Southern California, smaller cities just had an excess of people having conversations loudly as they walk down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, it, it makes me very nervous because I it's don't unsettling. know what to say to those people. I don't want to interrupt them. Right. Um, well, right. But, I mean, right. But then suddenly they're talking to you and right. you're like, no, go back to whoever you were talking to before. Right. Yeah, no, it it can be unsettling and and at night and it can be especially sometimes people can be erratic and uh and there can be like feelings where you're just like I don't know, but I didn't have in New York again like it's just there's always people around. So even if you have that there there's it's not just that. And so there's something that that feels safer. Yeah. Um yeah, but uh it's weird. Um but yeah, but we should uh yeah, so anyway, that's that's kind of my mental health update slash tangent but we should so speaking of finding doctors exactly I, uh, if, uh, I, wrote, I wrote you a brand new intro for the zoc doc read you ready i i am do it do it cold all right if you're a fan of it sushi's incredible but gas station sushi not so much Finding the right sushi makes all the difference, and the same goes for finding the right doctor. With ZocDoc, you can find the right doctor for you in your network and in your neighborhood, one that makes you feel like you're in good hands, you're supported, and you're heard, even if you're just telling them about your favorite sushi place. I love this. See how, see how that came back around? Yeah, that's, that's very, very well done. <laughs> ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix naked back, get that mold checked out, get, you know, your gastrointestinal situation sorted. (laughs) ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house of sushi, you could say. Search, find, (laughs) and book doctors with a few taps. 
find and review local doctors. You can read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. And now when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. So go to ZocDoc.com to find the doctor that is right for you and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. I'm one of them. I've been using them for well over a decade. It is the way that I go to find doctors. And um, it, it's it's great. So you can go to ZocDoc.com slash overtired and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com slash overtired, ZocDoc.com slash overtired. And speaking of feeling safe in New York. Yes. If you've thought about protecting your home with security, but have been waiting for the right time, you'll want to listen up. Right now, listeners of Overtired can get 40% off of Simply Safe's award-winning home security system. Not only was Simply Safe named the best home security of 22 by US News and World Report, I would gladly use and trust Simply Safe to protect my own home and family. Because at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. When a threat is detected, Simply Safe's monitoring professionals promptly contact you and dispatch first responders to your home, even if you're away or unable to respond. 24-7 professional monitoring costs under a dollar a day. That's less than half the cost of ADT's traditional professionally installed plans. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, or any other threats to your home. Their monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Don't miss this chance to save big when you protect your home with the best. Get 40% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash overtired today. Customize the system that's perfect in your home for just in just a few minutes. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash overtired. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Simplysafe.com slash overtired. Fantastic. So yeah, I, I do want to hear what uh so right now, uh, Oracle Cloud World is wrapping up, and I didn't have to go. Uh, friend of the show, Victor, was uh, there all week with the world's largest pie cluster. Um, nice. But I was, if I had gone, I would have had to help present topics that I wasn't super comfortable with. Um, and I also, am, I'm so bummed about my current, like, physical shape that like the idea of getting up in front of people is very nerve wracking for me. Um, so anyway, I was glad not to have gone. I watched it from afar. I ran ground support for my team. Yeah. Uh, did all the blogging and everything. And Aaron did most of it. I'll be honest. Um, but, uh, but it just was not, it was not super well attended. It was not super exciting. I had no reason to put up with Vegas in order to go, but right. GitHub Universe, I think, might be more my speed 
So tell yeah. me what what what's going on with GitHub Universe? Yeah. So it sounds like Oracle um, Cloud World was a hybrid event. Yeah. Is that accurate? Okay, cool. So the GitHub Universe is, is going to be a hybrid event as well. Um, and uh, this is the first time that GitHub has done a hybrid event. Microsoft Ignite, which I, I did a week before last, um, or no, was it last? It was last week. It was last week. Um, was also a um, hybrid event. But um, the... Um, uh, the way that this is going to work is that we will be in person um, in San Francisco. We are going to be at the Urbuena uh, Center for the Arts, which is right across the street from Moscone. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's a smaller space than Moscone, which I think is good because especially our first year back, uh, Philly and Moscone would be difficult. And and that There's also... There's a tea garden in there that I love. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to be at the the Europe Buena Center for the Arts, um, which is across the street, and we're going to be actually in a lot of that space. Um, we uh, I, part of the thing I was kind of uh, doing while I was there was getting um, kind of a, a preview of what some of the, what the layout is going to be and how things are going to look. But we're going to have a bunch of different installations. I can't spoil too much about the physical experience. Um, if people want to buy tickets, they're still available. It's November 9th and tenth, um, and um, uh, there's going to be like an outdoor stage uh, that we're calling the like the garden stage where, where me and my uh, uh, one of my co-hosts, Anwan, will be uh, emceeing the event and introducing different sessions and tracks and stuff. And um, uh, my uh, my pal Damien is also going to be one of our roaming hosts. And then we've got a bunch of different sessions that are happening across five different tracks. So um, there's, you know, uh, the, the schedule is online right now. It's at githubuniverse.com where you can see what's going to be happening, but we've got like our kind of our main track. And then there's um, different tracks on cloud security, AI and community. And so um, there are going to be things like, uh, you know, stuff about, you know, using uh, code spaces um, and uh, GitHub Copilot, GitHub Actions, um, stuff about, um, you know, using uh, AI, which obviously Copilot is, is involved with, um, you know, how, how GitHub builds GitHub, which, I actually think is that that's a cool session that I'm actually really looking forward to watching because uh, I think that's cool. There's also one on how GitHub uses GitHub to secure GitHub. I love all the inception <laughs> stuff. Um, there's like a bunch of stuff about like community and, and open source and sustainability and kind of um, thinking about what we can do both like as GitHub, but also as just people in the ecosystem to make things better for maintainers and, um, uh, you know, there, there are workshops as well, um, for people who want to get like more in-depth training on things. So, uh, but the cool thing is, is that if you can't be there in person and, and I think in person, they're one of the main benefits is that you get to like meet people and like have conversations. Like it's not just the content, all of the content can be great and seeing people live can be fun. I think the big thing for me always is like getting to actually have those similar to like those things you have at max stock, right. Where it's like, Having the call, the hallway conversations, being able to run into people and have those experiences can be really, really good. But everything will be streamed at GitHubUniverse.com. So, um, you know, go there, register. Uh, you should not get too many, like, marketing spammy emails. Uh, but uh, they, they do want people registered to be able to view all the content. And then everything, of course, will be on demand later. But... Um, I'm I'm super super stoked that just this stuff I can I can say I can't I don't want to ruin too much but I, I can say like the the mockups and the things I've seen of what the event space is going to look like is awesome 
and and they've they've really outdone themselves. And that's that shit that that uh, that is exciting. I would love to see you there. And I think and that I would you get would... to hang out with Christina Warren. <laughs> Maybe and I'll people... bring them. Uh, I'll bring a mic set up, and we can do a live podcast we from GitHub Universe. Okay, that we could, and that would be amazing. And um, <laughs> at least a segment, right? If, if, if not a full thing, um, uh, or, or at the very least, we could do it from the hotel. But yeah, yeah. I, um, I, um, I'm super excited. It's going to be a really good event. I had such a good time at Git Merge last month, and I'm really, really excited about this. Just to be able to meet people in the community. I did a live stream because um, have you guys been doing anything with uh, with Hacktoberfest um, at Oracle? Mm, not no, I no. Okay. So Hacktoberfest is, is, um, a month in, um, Oct- it's October. It takes place every October and digital ocean sponsors it. It's a digital ocean thing yeah. It's basically dedicated to trying to like, you know, um, bring awareness and, and get people to contribute more to open source. And they do that by like giving, like giving people the opportunity to like win a t-shirt and s- stuff like that. And there, there's been drama in the past because what people used to do is they'd be like, Hey, if you want to get a free, you know, t-shirt, just make this really shitty pull request to these open source projects, you know, like for a typo or something Uh and, 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 and you'll get a t-shirt and then, you know, maintainers are like, you say that this is supposed to be better for us all and you're, (laughs) you're, you're ruining our lives. So, so, um, we worked out a thing a couple of years ago where basically like only projects that tag themselves you know, as, as being, you know, uh, Hacktoberfest eligible, um, would be eligible for the t-shirt, but I've been doing, you know, we've been doing some community live streams and talks with other people. And, um, uh, are you, are you familiar with charm? I've talked about them on the, on the yeah. pod before. Yeah. yeah. So I, I did a, a live stream yesterday with some members of the charm team and also, um, uh, Tej, who's one of the NeoVim, um, core, uh, contributors. Nice. And, um, we were talking about sustainability and open source. It was a really fun conversation and that got me really hyped for universe because I know that it's going to be more opportunities to talk to people like that. And I don't know, like the thing that makes me the most excited about my job, not just, I love where I work and I, I love the stuff that we've built, but beyond that is just like getting to meet other people who work on such cool shit, you know, yeah. like and yeah. give it back. Well, like, I love that. Yeah. And, and the, those are people who will be at universe, right? Like it's, it's really, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. That was always my absolute favorite part of Macworld uh, was meeting the indie developers and meeting the people. I've used your app. Holy yes. shit, I'm meeting you in person. Like the first yes. time I met Fletcher Penny, yeah, like the creator of Multi Markdown, I was I felt like starstruck. Right. Uh, like right. now we're friends. Now we're working together on projects. Now you're working together but on projects. Then, I was like, holy then. shit. The guy who made multi-markdown is having a beer with me. When I met Cable and Steven from Panic for the first time, yeah. I mean, I was starstruck. I, I, I've and, and, and I've said this to people before and people think I'm crazy, but it's true. I've met big fucking deal celebrities, right? I've interviewed them and, and it's nice. And I've been starstruck a few times, but I, I don't know if I've ever been quite as like starstruck as when I meet people who make the shit that I use and that I love. Yeah. Right. Like that to me, I'm a weirdo, I guess, but like to me, like that's even, and I love pop culture and like, not to say that if I met Taylor Swift in person, I wouldn't fucking die. And I did. And I will say 
the most starstruck I've ever been in my life was when I cried when I met Big Bird, when I met um, um, Harold Spinney. <laughs> um, he was he was uh, doing a, a, an Oscar the Grouch thing, and it was amazing. And he was so kind, and I I fucking sobbed like a, like a baby because my childhood. I did the same thing when I met the current Bert, but like I uh, when meeting people who make the stuff that you use, there's just it's awesome. Speaking of idol worshiping indie developers. Uh, you ready to do some gratitude? I'm ready to do some gratitude. So this week I'm picking Curio uh, from Zengobi. Uh, I met George uh, years ago at a Mac World, and and it was one of those things where I felt um, he it, Curio is such a crazy in depth app. Uh, that it really, it speaks to the way that I create things where I just, I want it to, once it can do one thing, I want it to do another thing. And, and then I just try to build it as elegantly as possible. Uh, just make it do everything. And Curio is one of those apps that, um, it lets you create these spaces that are, um, visual, almost like idea boards where you can combine mind maps and lists and preview documents and, and embed emails and add free form text and add tasks and lists and project management stuff all in this kind of like visual space. And then you can easily search and jump between and use like uh, unified project management tools across all your spaces And it is, it's kind of insane what it can do. And every time he comes out with an update, which is pretty much yearly at this point, um, he does something that makes me say, holy shit, that's awesome. Um, I don't use Curio every day, but when I am putting together an idea or a larger project, Curio is one of my favorite ways to organize all of the inputs, all of the... Uh, various, uh, like when you're researching something and you just want to co- compile like a yeah. bunch of different websites, a bunch of different uh, like markdown text and a bunch of different lists. Uh, it's a super great way. And um, you can actually preview a Curio space in Marked so you can convert your oh, Curio space awesome. and all of its all of its markdown and, and mind map content into like a single unified document that you can then like read through in a very left to right, top to bottom fashion. Uh, whereas Curio is you can spread stuff in any direction all over the space. Um, but it's super easy to export it as uh, usable documents of other types. So yeah, I pick, I pick Curio from Zengobi. That is, it's an insanely cool indie app. Yeah, no, this looks great. I um, I'm I'm gonna like uh, check this out. Um, which one do you use? Because I'm seeing that there are like three different options. There's core, there's standard, and then there's uh, professional. Which one do you use? I'm a friend of the developer. I get professional for free. Nice. Okay. Um, because I was just trying to figure out like like what uh what option would be best. I- I'm probably just gonna download the trial. And, um, Tell you what, friend of the show, I'll get you a, a pro license, no problem. Sweet, I got I got the connect. You got the connect. I love it. No, but I'm actually I'm really really looking forward to trying this out because um, 
I use uh, Obsidian for some stuff like this, but I think for a lot of things, like where you need a lot of different types of stuff, like again, like mm-hmm. I, I probably wouldn't use this every day, but when starting Obsidian on a big project. it's great for text, but if you right. want anything more than text, right. Curio is just that's, the bomb. That's what I'm saying. Like, and the thing is, is that again, if I can have my markdown stuff, like, you know, yeah, the fact that I can bring in PDFs and multimedia and all that. No, this looks great. This looks kind of like, what I wish in some ways OneNote was because OneNote's not yeah. bad. Like OneNote's not terrible. I actually have to say like a, for in terms of like, I actually the, had this, sorry, go on. The only problem with OneNote is the lock-in. Right. Like stuff right. is not easily uh, portable to other. Exactly. Other types of, of software. Agreed. Agreed. And, and it also looks like this is, has like you know it has some kanban style things and other stuff like that you don't get those options in in OneNote and OneNote like at this point I think OneNote is way better than um than Evernote right like sorry oh, not yeah. sorry like like Evernote is the bed done. a long time ago and 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 OneNote is significantly better it's free for most use cases and if you have a, an office account at all um it's uh you you get like you know even more stuff, I guess, or whatnot, but, but OneNote is awesome, but this looks like this could take things to the next level, which I really, really could get some use out of. Um, so my pick, so I'm checking that out. Thank you very much for uh, hooking me up on that. So my pick is menu bar X. And this is one that I, I will be honest. I it's, it's part of setup. I'd never used it. And it was probably one that I would have dismissed. And then I was watching a video from uh, from Quinn Nelson, Snazzy Q, and he was doing like something on like top, like free, like something about Mac apps or something like that. And and I was like, I watched the video that I was like, I'm probably not going to see anything that I haven't seen before. And then I did uh, because Quinn makes great content. And so the idea between Menu Bar X is um, it's it's available, like I said, in Setup, but they, it's also available uh, directly from um, the developer, which I believe is is 6X. Studio, but it's at menubarx.app. We'll have the links in the show notes. Yeah, also Mac App Store. Yeah, it's also in the Mac App Store. Um, so what's cool about it is it basically creates like a, a web app or PWA, progressive web app, um, in your menu bar so that you can then um, quickly access that from anywhere. So for instance, I'll say this. I still occasionally have to deal with some Microsoft stuff um, on some of my machines, um, even though I, I don't work for Microsoft proper anymore and, and GitHub uses completely different tooling. There are still times when I need to log into those systems. The problem is I don't always want to have the, the apps installed because they're not always well optimized and I would need to have stuff, um, you know, like always running in the background. Dropbox actually is a good example of this too, because Dropbox, even though it's gotten better, uh, it's still sort of a resource hog and I don't love it and I don't use it the way that I used to. So you can have these things running in the background for just kind of occasional use cases. Like I've got one for my personal OneDrive account because I access that occasionally and I can just access the, 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 the web view in my menu bar with with a um, menu bar X, you could also do things like YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or whatever. But the thing that got me on it was I was like, oh no, I can actually use this for file sharing services like like OneDrive. I could have my work OneDrive for the few times that I need to use that a week. I don't want to have it running all the time when I'm only interacting with it sparingly. And um, and and menu bar X is really great for that. So that's my pick because. Uh, 
it's a really good way of being able to just kind of like create, you know, little web app things in your menu bar. Um, it's, it's slick and it works really well. Yeah. I just, while you were talking, I installed it. It won't let me log into SoundCloud. It says there's an ad blocker that's stopping it. But um, like it was like one click to add a SoundCloud single site browser to my menu bar. Yeah. If I can get it to let me log in, that'll be awesome. Um, Yeah, this is great. Uh, Like I love single site browsers. I love them for uh, corralling cookie usage. Um, I love them for easy accessibility. If like I have one that I, I have my own single site browser for messenger cause I refuse to use their desktop app. Exactly. Um, and, and, uh, uh, bunch can actually create single site browsers. Um, you can add just a command to a bunch file that'll automatically create an SSB for any site. Uh, but this is, this is snazzy. Do you remember fluid? Yeah, Fluid was amazing. I loved Fluid so yeah. much. Flu- Fluid was great. And and Fluid had a pin to menu bar option. So yep. you could create a single site browser, pin it to the menu bar. It could run a bunch of like uh, user scripts and, mm-hmm. and that, custom that's, that's styles I, and everything. That's what I loved about Fluid because uh, I would have user script stuff and you could do notifications and like Fluid yeah. was was really great. And I don't think this gets that in depth, but sometimes for the, for the, for my use case for like what I would be like using it with, I, I didn't, I wouldn't want that. Right. Like I just need something in the menu bar and, um, and, and I, yeah, but fluid is amazing. There's also, what is it? Is it, uh, is it unite? There's like one. Yeah. uh, Coherent and and unite are from the same company. Um, I, they they make great little SSBs and you can load all of your Chrome plugins uh, selectively in the SSB. But I've had this problem where I create like a Unite browser for a site and then a month later, it just stops being able to launch and I have to recreate it from scratch. I have to delete it and recreate it. And and I have not, I've never filed a bug report because it's never been super important to me. Um, I have like they're good apps. I I have had some frustration. Um, the, I'm gonna give Menu Bar X a shot. Uh, f- for anyone on setup, it takes five seconds to install and another ten seconds to build your first Menu Bar browser. So this is pretty cool. Yeah, and what's nice about it too is that it has a really easy option to then just like open it in a web browser if you want. It's it's um so like that's really nice. So if you did want to yeah. like have something and you're like, Hey, I do actually want to like open this in, um, you know, my, my, my browser window, like you can do that. Uh, and which, which, which is like, you can also change the viewport style, like the user agent and stuff in terms of like what it's going to, to show you. And you can even detach the window if you want to do that. So there's, nice. there's a lot of options, you know, a- around, but I, uh, shout out to, to Quinn Nelson for, uh, sharing that with me. But then I tried it out and I was like, oh no, this is actually really useful. So yeah, give this a shot because I miss fluid all the time. And that was definitely like the, the, the greatest of all time. But, um, this, uh, this I think is at least for kind of the ways I've, I've been using it. It's been really good so far. So. Why have I forgotten the name of the guy who made fluid? Like he's Todd. a person I'm Todd, 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 Dill, uh, it starts with a D. Um, D- Ditchendorf. Ditchendorf, yeah. Wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Um, I met him at uh, Mac Macworld as well. And 
it was uh, one of those experiences. Yes. Same. Same. Quinn Nelson, digital content creator in the show notes. Yeah. We love, we love snazzy Q. His, his videos are really good. Uh, Yeah. So, so that's, that's my gratitude. Awesome. Well, that wasn't as weird an episode as I thought it would be at the outset. No, no, it was, it, it was, was pretty. A, it was pretty sane. Yeah, it was pretty sane. It was pretty good. Um, everybody should should watch uh, Taylor Swift's new video, Antihero. Um, we're going to have a whole Taylor Swift episode next week, but uh, the Antihero music video, um, Mary uh, Elizabeth uh, Ellis or whatever, what's her face? The, the 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 waitress from Always Sunny is is in the video. Nice. Yeah. Um, is, oh, that is who that was. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was a weird little uh, break at the end Interlude. of that video. Yeah, there's a weird little... There's a, there's Where a, apparently Taylor Swift is everyone's mother? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess... It, but yeah, because the, the song uh, is... The song is pretty great, I have to say. And uh, it, it's one of my favorites. Um, and uh, she's like, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Um, which is <laughs> which is pretty fucking great. Uh, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a big, big, big fan of that. Um, but there's an interlude. Well, there's, there's a thing where she's like, I have like this like dream where like my, my daughter-in-law kills me to steal my money. And then like, you know, I'm, I'm screaming, fuck you from the grave or, or, you know, from, from, from the ground, you know, from, from, um, uh, you know, from, from hell or whatever. And, uh, then there's like this very funny sequence that, uh, all right. Yeah. We bad. will, we'll I, link it I, in will, the show notes. I will watch it again before next week. We'll, we will force Jeff into this yes. madness. And, yes. And we will, next week will be a Taylor Swift happy episode. It won't be all Taylor Swift. No, I it won't promise. be all Taylor Swift. It won't be all Taylor I Swift. But we, well, we have to talk about it because there's there's a song at the end that's it's the final one and it's called Mastermind. And we have to talk about it, um, it because, Brett, like it confirms many of the theories that I've spent hours of our podcast overanalyzing about Taylor. <laughs> right. So we have to talk about it, but also it's a fun album. So, uh, stream, stream mastermind uh, or midnights, whatever. Um, I'm see now, now I'm tired. All right. Let's do a quick recap for the socials today. Yes. We talked about, we had a great discussion of, uh, a bipolar as we often do, but we talked about Ellen Forney and, and some of my hopes and dreams for the future. Uh, we talked about GitHub Universe and why Brett wants to go to GitHub Universe. Uh, we got some amazing Mac app picks. Uh, we got your Curio and your Menu Bar X. Yeah, no, great, great, great Mac apps. GitHub Universe, good Mental Health Corner. I think it's a, it's a solid episode. A little bit of Taylor Swift, not enough. A little bit, but not enough. But a little <laughs> bit of Taylor Swift. More soon. Indeed. All right, Christina. Get some sleep. Get some sleep, Brett. The system is going down low. Hey there, good people. Before you go, we have a bunch of new places where you can interact with us. Please check out our Instagram feed, our YouTube channel, Twitter, of course, and sign up for the Overtired newsletter, which will sort of pick up where the show leaves off with expanded show notes, uh, a little bit of what the three of us get up to between episodes, and let's face it, there'll be some musings. How can you resist musings? You'll find details for all the ways to interact with us in the show notes and at overtired.com. And thank you, thank you, thank you, as always, for listening.